This is the Amateur Fanboy Podcast with your hosts, Chase Aguirre and Mike Urtaza. Alright guys, today we're just going to get right into business. Uh, there's been a few things breaking in the Dodgers world today. Uh, first off, uh, Bryce Harper and the Dodgers met yesterday on Sunday. Uh, Dave Roberts was in the meeting, Caston was in the meeting, uh, Friedman was there, so... They didn't just go to, as Ned Coletti I saw in Twitter, but they didn't go to just play craps or just you know talk you know talk about the weather. They probably were legit discussing some options. And since Harper met with the Phillies the last couple of days, multiple meetings in Vegas, uh, it's interesting to see maybe if he maybe is having a change of heart about what team he may want to sign with. Um, I'm gonna put my Dodgers fan hat on right now, so all this is coming out full bias, and I'm just gonna let it out today. Uh, the Dodgers very well could sign Bryce Harper. There's plenty of reasons to think they're very well in this, even with the short-term deal. Now, hear me out here. So, basically, Bryce wants a $300 million deal, 10 years. Like, if that's the case, why hasn't he signed yet? The Phillies had a couple meetings. They've had multiple meetings before that, and he still hasn't signed a deal. And apparently, they're offering him over $300 million from what reports are. So, if they're offering him stupid money, as they say, then why hasn't he signed a deal yet? So that's going to bring me to what I'm going to talk about right now. So with Kershaw's injury, um, probably, you know, who knows what's going to happen. He picked up a ball today and it didn't feel good. So that's not a good sign. But hear me out on this. So if the Dodgers are thinking that Kershaw's not going to be himself. Then maybe they take all the gluttony of outfielders they got. They got Verdugo. You got Jock who's been in plenty of trade rumors. Um, maybe they take one of those guys. Possibly Max Muncy is another guy I've seen brought up that could be moved. Uh, You can take those guys and possibly maneuver and get a starting pitcher. Kluber, probably not there, but maybe you could find, you know, a lower level, you know, two, three guy that's out there that maybe, you know, the White Sox might be able to make a trade or whoever else they can get um, to, to, to make the move. But then you can go from there and then sign Harper and then it would all make sense. But obviously that's a whole lot of moving parts. There's a lot that could go on with that, but... It just kind of seems very weird that the Dodgers would go and make this meeting literally after the Phillies made the meeting and after it came out, the Phillies were basically about to lay the hammer down and sign them. And I think it came out that same night that um, that Saturday night that that Middleton wasn't going to leave without it was Nightingale that said it, that he wasn't going to leave until, you know, he had him, you know, lock and key. So if that's the case then why hasn't he signed yet i'm gonna keep bringing it back to why hasn't he signed yet if he has all these 300 million dollars and if he declined multiple 300 million dollar offers then maybe maybe there's a reason why maybe he is thinking maybe a short-term deal with the winning team like the dodgers or a team that is closer to home like the giants maybe it makes more sense for him but um at the end of the day you know who knows what's going to happen with this mess it's been going on for forever and honestly i'm getting tired of it but Hopefully this week we'll have resolution on that. Uh, there's rumors that he could sign by as early as uh, Wednesday or Thursday. So so let's hope that that's uh, going to be done soon. But my thinking is that the Dodgers are very well in this. And to count them out would literally just be asinine. They're very much in this. Mike, me, what do you think? Let me be the opposite end. And now I think this can go either way. But uh, Scott Boris, Bryce Harper's agent... I believe he asked Dodgers basically for a favor. I think I think the Phillies basically um, saw that he has not that you know his leverage isn't as as well as it was before Machado, and I think they undercut maybe provided him with a you know 
you know, 10 years, 250, something crazy, or maybe less years, a lot, maybe, you know, and, and I think the le- he's just trying to create some sort of leverage so that, you know, the force, so he can get what he gets. Because I think he's looking long-term. I don't think he's really caring about his short-term game as much. If he did, I think he would sign with the Dodgers, especially if, if the Dodgers are going to provide, you know, more money yearly for a shorter term deal i think he would more likely take that even if with the if it, it, now i understand if he's going with a winning team like the dodgers or he probably can go with a sh- another short-term deal with with the giants so i just think it's leverage i i think he needs to build some sort of leverage so he can get over 300 million i think that's what the, their thinking is and i i totally agree with that um like i said i think that if the dodgers were to offer him something like 35 40 million a year and say five years and then give a couple player options then at that point you're looking at oh he could he could become a free agent right about his age 30 or so season again so if he wants to bank on himself and still make a bunch of money and endorsements on top of that then he'd be getting somewhere close to that 200 million or so that he would be um of that 300 million that the Phillies would or would not offer him whether I mean it did come out the other day and this is another thing I meant to say and I totally forgot about it and thinking about it right now it came out the other day that um, when the Machado signing went through, uh, the Phillies said that the $300 million that he got was more than they were willing to go. So if you're not willing to pay Manny Machado, who they've also had plenty of interest in, $300 plus million, why would they? Why would they think that? Why would you think that Harper is going to be much different? Like, why? So you want Harper but not Machado? Like they're both young players, so that just kind of like it, don't get me wrong. It could just be the fact that they didn't want to go 300 on Machado. They may want to go 300 on Harper or whatever on Harper. But I'll repeat. What I said earlier in the last few minutes, if that was the case, why hasn't he signed yet? Why is he taking another meeting? And don't get me wrong, this is a could be a ploy, but Bryce Harper wanted this meeting. So if he wanted this meeting, not Scott Boris, Scott Boris did not want this meeting, whether he did or didn't doesn't matter, but Bryce is the one that wanted it. So if Bryce is wanting this meeting, why would he meet with a team after meeting with the Phillies, a team he supposedly already signed with, to just say, hey, Dodgers, uh, thanks, uh, thanks for coming. Um, what are you guys possibly going to offer? Da, da, da. Okay, now I'm signing with the Phillies anyway. Like, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. But, like I said, it could go either way. Mike's Mike thinks it can go either way. I think it could go either way. I'm still, if I had to bet right now, I would still bet that he signs with the Phillies just because it's the team that's been the favorite the entire time. And the only team that's willing to give him at least close to what he's looking literally for. Literally, the only team's going to offer him 10 years. Yeah. The only team. So... If he wants that, then then he'll sign that. And if the Phillies give him, say, 330, 340 or go up a little bit and that's what he wants, then then by all means, take it. But I can't see the Phillies offering more than 320 or so. So if, And that's apparently already been offered and he's already declined it. So I just, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. If he declined it, then, you know, it could be the option where he does, you know, he does look at his short-term game. The report from as- Feinsand, uh, Mark Feinsand on Twitter was that he had already um, – not including the Padres, so the Padres never made an offer. But other than that, so the Nationals, the Phillies would make sense as a team. He's probably declined a multiple $300 million offer from. So there's reason to believe that he's already declined an offer from the Phillies of up sex of $300 million. I'm so curious maybe, to know, maybe I'm curious to know what exactly. Well, it is the money. If he, if it's, I mean, if all he's the discu- money. I mean, yeah, he's disgusting you know, to go with these teams, multiple meetings. I feel like what what is he actually looking for? Is he actually going the 350 10 years? I mean, if he want if you if he wants three years or uh, thirty five essentially that'd be thirty five million a year over ten years. I mean, if that's something the Phillies offer and it's something he wants, it's then, crazy. I then don't he might what... take it. But back to what I was saying, I, like don't get me wrong, like it won't be as much money as he wants. But if you get offered 
uh, roughly 35, 40 million over four or five years. That's about right about 200 million. And then, like I said, you include the player options that'll make it closer to 240, 250. You also got to think, though. I'm sorry to interrupt, but you're good. What are the Dodgers actually willing to offer? I mean, this is what are they willing to pay him more than 30 million a year, even if it's a short term deal? That's see, that's my other thing. Joel Sherman came out and said that if the Dodgers do offer a short term deal, it's more in the 35, 40 million dollar range, and it'd be four or five years. So that would make sense considering the fact that they went to meet with him the other day, and that would be the only play that they would have is to offer him more money, but for less years. And if, like I said, if he wants to win, the Phillies, I'm not saying can't win, but if we're not going to act like the Phillies signed Bryce Harper. They're a World Series favorite. The Dodgers, if they signed Bryce Harper, would become probably the favorite in the National League, if not top two in all of baseball to win the World Series. And again, baseball is a crapshoot of a postseason, but there is a lot to say about wanting to be closer to home and possibly wanting to stay on the West Coast. And, now, you know, who knows? Now, the way I see it, if it's if it's roughly closer to the 400, uh, sorry, the five years, 40, 40 a mil, that's yeah. only $100 million off from Exactly, and that's what I've so basically been that's, trying to Like I said, you. it really depends on what the Dodgers are willing to offer because if it's 35, then I can see him kind of contemplating. Yeah. But if it's if it's 40, I, I don't see why he doesn't take that. I mean... It, that would put on what he's 26 he'd be about 31 depends on if there's a player option yeah um so potentially 30 31 right getting into a, a second contract where you know you could probably get 150 over another four years or depending on how his value is so it makes sense to actually it, it, like i said it really depends on what the dodgers are actually offering so you know it could be where they were at previously between 33 35 what the Dodgers are offering, and that's why they hadn't met to see if they're willing to go up closer to 40. Because right. it does make sense if they go towards a 40 mil a year, which seems a little bit crazy, but it's not as crazy as a 10 year deal. I think this is maybe a better option for him and for the team. I saw a tweet um, this morning when I was at work that uh, basically that Bryce Harper has made what, 50 million or something uh, plus endorsements in his MLB career so far. So I'm not saying that he wouldn't want the money because, I mean, if you've only made $50 million in your entire year and you've basically put seven years with the team, you're going to want all the money you can get. But if the Dodgers are willing to offer you $200 million and you want to, and, you know, maybe that $100 million is worth leaving on the table because you can probably get most of it back in endorsements. And then on top of that, if you had a player option, that'd make it closer to You also got to think, though, the, the tax laws. Yeah, so it would make sense. Like, that's another thing that they really have to look at the difference between states with tax laws. I'm not sure what the tax law is in in um, in Philly compared to not California. But if he's getting, you know, you know, a high 35% you know, of his of his you know is a rate that probably have to go towards taxes and all. So it, it really and depends because Machado. I think uh, they said if he had lived here for more than you know, more than half a season, he'd be paying about 33 million over the course of the contract um, or something similar to that notion. So. Um, There's also something I heard the other day about Machado signing his contract that, um, with as far as taxes goes, that would take him out of that California tax bracket so that he would be more off the Florida tax bracket, which I guess wouldn't be as much as California. Well, because there's no state tax in Florida compared to California. So if that's a thing, then then that could be something. Sorry, not 35 percent. My mistake. It's like 13 and a half. But that's what that's what I'm saying. If if Machado can do that and he signed with the Padres, then that could be yeah. Because there, could there's like into. a little a little thing where if you live in LA, I mean, if you live in California more than six months, then you would get in that bracket. But also, um, what's his name um, from 
the Yankees um, big guy. What's his Stanton? No, fat guy, black fat guy. What's his oh, name? Oh, CC Sabathia. Yeah, CC Sabathia had his contract throughout the year, so he wouldn't get paid like weekly throughout the year. So the tax would work differently. I don't know the way that the structure is. So it, I guess it really doesn't matter as long as you structure it and you live here in a certain period of time. Um, I don't think it matters. So it, it depends. Is he from California as it is already? Yeah, no, he's from uh, Las Vegas, and that's what I'm trying to look up. And right I now, know, Las Vegas has no um, state tax. So there you go. So so he'd be set. So if if he does want to sign with the Dodgers, then he could say that the whole Vegas thing, and then he wouldn't pay any luxury tax. Then he would get all 200 plus million of that deal, and it wouldn't look as bad. Well, as be- if he besides was... federal taxes, but <laughs> but in, in general, um, so it really doesn't, I guess, make an effect there, but. It's still, like I said, I would probably, if it, it really just depends on kind of already, already what we've said, where it really depends on what the Dodgers specifically are offering. Because if it's 35, then I'd probably maybe stick with the Phillies. Deal no, the, no, I'm, I'm, if he, if it's 40, if it's then 40, it should no. sign with the Dodgers. That, that's so. what I, I believe. I believe it would be closer to 37, 38, closer to 40. And there probably would be some incentives in there that would make it almost yeah. 40 a year. So we're going to uh, move. Uh, topics to uh, Robert Kraft. I know this is something that we talked about last week, not very more detailed, but um, today he got sentenced, uh, or he they give him, I think he has April 24th, April 24th his actual, yeah. and that's um, right before the draft, where he has getting close to the draft, his actual court date, so um, it looks like he had, they specified on his report on what happened, I don't want to really go into that because it's off topic on sports, but um I'm curious to know is what day is the draft? Isn't the draft April twenty fourth? Right about that. I think day, that's I think. a Friday. Um, so it looks like he might miss on the Friday, which it doesn't make matters. He doesn't run anything with with that portion. It's all Bill Belichick. It's uh, the twenty fifth of April, so the day before the draft. Okay, so the day before. So that's interesting. Um, it's funny though. It's it's weird how things happen. Um, I'm not sure how. I'm curious to know how he gets suspended or, or what happens with him. I don't think it'll be anything further than a suspension for a season and a big fine. Um, I think he. I think the maximum they could find an owner is like five hundred fifty thousand, but uh, which is like dollars to him. Oh, um, yeah, exactly. No, I think uh, the, the only thing I see ha- coming from this Robert Kraft thing is probably you know maybe a suspension, uh, whether it's for a few months or whatever maybe i think it'll be a season I, I think it'll be a season too um or something along the lines of that and maybe a draft pick loss or something or some you know a couple draft picks or whatever you know mm-hmm. you think the nfl will love you down but um i don't think it's going to matter too much in the patriots no i won't I, things, I don't but. they're not going to take away picks it has nothing that was like you know giving an advantage to the patriots that their owner was getting some you know something 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 sketchy but uh, moving on, uh, Michael Crabtree was released today by the Baltimore Ravens, um, which kind of you know makes me think, who's Lamar Jackson throwing to? Him? Does it really matter that he has no receivers? Um, John Brown's a free agent, which I think a good option for him is actually to sign with the Denver Broncos. Um, him and Joe Flacco had a great, um, you know, when Joe Flacco was the starter last season, they they did great things together. Um, once Lamar Jackson you know, became quarterback, he disappeared, John Brown disappeared, so that's probably, you know, I'm interested to see, like, 
do you, if you're a free agent receiver and you're pretty decent, uh, number you know, there's not a number one receiver in this free agency pool, but there's a bunch of good number twos, number threes. Do you want to sign with Baltimore? I mean, if I was maybe Bell and he's a running back and he signs with Baltimore, that makes more sense because I create a fun running you know attack. But I, I really don't think, I think Funches is a free agent. Um, Tyrell Williams from the Chargers. Um, that's basically it. I mean, there's really not that great of, of you know, players out there. Uh, what do you think, Chase? Any, would you, if you're a potential, you know, you're going to get a pretty decent payday. Would you care as long as you got paid or would you want to play with Lamar Jackson? Um, I mean, Lamar Jackson's a really good quarterback. Uh, he has the, I mean, he's has the potential to be a really good quarterback. I need to say, put that like his potential. <laughs> he's not is, there yet. His potential. He is, did win a lot of games. His last potential, season. like I said, the potential is definitely there for him. But at the end of the day, if we're talking about Crabtree and whether he should sign with the Ravens or what no, are we Ra- about, the, the Ravens got cut. They cut my. No, I, I know that, but like, what are we? Are we? Talking I'm talking about, about if uh, you're a free agent and you're willing to sign. Oh. Would you want to sign there? Um, I mean, it probably wouldn't be at the top list of where I would want to sign, but I mean, it would be an option because they need a receiver. They don't really have a number one receiver right there right now. So obviously, like I said, if you got paid what you feel you should get paid, which by any top receiver is probably fifteen twenty million a year. I mean, but there really isn't an option. And like the Steelers aren't going to trade Antonio Brown no, there. No, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like at the end of the day, then they may, they, they may just build around Lamar Jackson and just put the weapons they, around. They him. They really going to probably have to draft a a receiver. And you know, I think Levon Bell might be a great place to go with, with the Ravens. I think. Um, I think that would be a great option for them. I mean, they they really, I mean, they have Gus Edwards. They have some um, some other running backs, but they're not, like, ideal. And they're never, uh, you know, they're not an elite back like, like Bell. And they may have to overpay a little bit. But what you're getting from your running back probably is more production than you're going to get from your receivers in that offense. Yeah, I know, of course. Um, so maybe that's an option that the, the Ravens are potentially looking at. Um, I, there really isn't that great of a market besides Bell, and I mean it really depends on if you're willing to overpay. And and they they firsthand know, um, you know, about playing overpaying. a gap Bell because they play him twice a year the past few seasons. So yeah. not only that, they know about overpaying guys because they overplayed Joe Flacco. But uh, <laughs> well, they're gone. That's gone now. <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, and the Ravens could be a team that very well could sign uh, Le'Veon Bell. They'd be a good fit for him. What, Mark and- Jackson would help out a lot there. Yeah, and um, there was another rumor that they potentially will be tr- be cutting Eric Whittle and Jimmy Smith, their corner and safety, which um, Jimmy Smith kind of makes sense. He kind of been suspended, and he's kind of a bonehead. But um, Eric Whittle, he's played outstanding the past few seasons with them when um, they signed him from the Chargers a few years ago. Big reason they had the best defense and one of the best defenses in all of football last year. And they have a lot of free agents. Um, if you look at, they have Mosley, their inside linebacker, um, Zayden Smith, they have uh, Terrell Suggs is a free agent, so they have a lot of linebacking um, potentially leaving the team. I think Mosley. I think they do have some potential replacements behind him, so that I don't think they're going to resign him because he's going to look about fourteen mil a year. Um, and if they do go out and they really need to get some talent around uh, Lamar, so I, I could see them where they kind of put money towards the offense and maybe draft towards the defense. It's but I also think the only way they're going to sign any receiver or get receivers is through the draft. I don't, I don't see them getting a. There's no way they're going to get a one in free agency, and I don't see them. The only other player that's open to be traded is is um, Antonio Brown and maybe Odell. 
but I don't think that the Steelers would probably deal him within the division. And then no, yeah, of course. So that would make that but, tough. But which makes it funny because I look at what what receiver would work actually around Lamar Jackson because he really hasn't had success with receivers because you know he, he's not the most accurate passer and he he does a lot more running than than throwing. Um, I think if you look at it with how the 49ers had with Colin Kaepernick, they had Anquan Bolden. And was there a type of receiver out there that kind of fits that mold? Maybe, you know, Nikhil Harry in the draft. So um, I think he might be a little bigger. But that would fit, you know, really with with Lamar Jackson, you want a player kind of that can fit, that can catch, you know, in a really weird radius. So uh, Larry Fitzgerald kind of fits. He's already coming back to the Cardinals. But I'm just saying that type of where you know you're not you don't necessarily need to be completely accurate with a security blanket. Kind of a security blanket where, but you don't need to be completely accurate when you're throwing to them. They kind of have a radius of of your Jason potential. Witt, yeah, your Jason. Yeah. And so Larry Fitzgerald's. Yeah. That's the only player I can go back to is Bell. I mean, he's an outstanding catcher out of the backfield. Um, you know, if they're going to run some read option, that's not a bad idea. So it really depends. So what do, what do you... I mean, I think that the Ravens, regardless of what they do, I mean, they're going to... That defense is going to be the reason they win games next year. That offense is going to have quite the uh, quite the way of functioning. And it's going to... I mean, if you want to... If you want me to point to a specific thing, we can bring up the Cowboys last year. I mean, Dak didn't have a number one receiver. Uh, they finally traded for Cooper, so that helped. But, I mean, up until that point, Dak, you know, that offense wasn't flowing because, you know, mm-hmm. they, Dak can't throw the long ball or doesn't throw it as long as, you know, others. And Lamar Jackson, I mean, if you don't think Dak can't throw a ball, there's no way in hell you're going to think Lamar Jackson's throwing the ball. The good thing with Lamar, so, though, is he doesn't necessarily need to, you know, have a passing offense to have a successful offense. And, That's and, the good part about him. But the bad part about him is but if that, you get But they say Dak- the same thing about the Cowboys and how that worked out. Yeah, but they they went six games and I think they won a lot, I think five and one or something like that yeah. back end of the career, and then yeah. they made the playoffs. But, but that in was general, like Mark hold on. Um, but in general, I think um, you really kind of have to build with how the 49ers did early, the early 2010s. So uh, with Colin Kaepernick, where they have a really good, like you said, a really good defense. They uh, need Lamar to have Jackson a, is not Colin Kaepernick. Lamar Jackson does not have the arm that Colin Kaepernick. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm not comparing him. I'm saying that you're. I'm talking compared to how they have to build the offense. And I, I know I agree that 100. But they're they're really gonna. They're, it's really gonna Hold be on. trying for them to find. Yeah, a but I think they really need to have sure catching receivers. They need to have a really good backfield and a really good O-line with a good defense to be able to make the you know another run in the playoffs. Yeah. I think this season you're going to either know if Lamar Jackson's able to um, take his game to the next level. I, I really think his passing needs to improve dramatically. Oh, way dramatically. So And 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 you're going to really push that read option or, or kind of have some different flavors in there. So we're going to see how that turns out for them. Peter King came out with an article today on his potential trading spots for Antonio Brown is. Let me just read them off and see what you think. Okay. Um, Carolina Panthers, they don't really have a number one. I know they, dra- they drafted a receiver last year, um, but Funches is a free agent. Washington, he thinks basically Washington because they're a desperate team uh, with their quarterback out, so they kind of want to just, you know, just bring a, gr- a great player, see if that will help out. Tampa Bay because the Bruce Arians connection um, – and Deshaun Jackson potentially being cut or because he wants out because um, Bruce Arians was also the Steelers OC back in the day. Um, the Jets, he thinks, is a more logical place because they have the money as well as um, 
they could potentially trade Robbie Anderson and maybe like a third or a fourth for him. Oakland as well. Um, they have draft capital as well as John Gruden is a trading machine. Um, he also mentioned that even though your boy Antonio Brown wants to go to the Niners, um, he doesn't. Oh, he's my, oh now he's, he's my boy. Your boy. <laughs> well, I'm going to bat for him. One I don't. He doesn't see San Francisco unless Jerry Rice is hired as GM. Uh, that would make sense because he has very good connection with John Lynch. Um, last year, he he guessed McGlinchey as the pick, and he was also in the year before in the 49ers um, draft room while they were drafting. Um, so, what do you think of those picks? I think those are pretty pretty good set of group. Uh, receivers. I'll say, I'll say two teams stand out to me, and that's mainly the Jets and um, and the Raiders, because those are two teams. Like I said, can offer him more money. They can give him restructure his contract, give him money. You know, they have the money to do that. So they would be at my forefront for the two teams that I think would probably be the favorites as far as if Antonio Brown has a say in what where he wants to go. But, I mean, as far as a fit, I mean, the Panthers make the most sense. I mean, they basically get a receiver like Antonio Brown in there, and they're probably the favorites to win that division next year. I mean, it's Cam, a tough division, if, but, yeah. If Cam Newton's healthy, I mean, there, I guess Antonio Brown could if do a lot. You expect and Cam, McCaffrey. Oof. If you expect Cam Newton to come back this season, and there's reports potentially that he might be out this season, just and, and precaution. If he, and so if he, and if he I, don't, I would, that, I would guess that they don't. But if he, they are in, and Funch is a free agent, um, yeah, I think Antonio Brown would, would be a pretty good spot in Carolina. Yeah, I think Carolina and the Tampa Bay is also a very big, I think, Bruce Arians connection. Uh, would be fun also if Love Bell, because they have a huge need at a running back. But Tampa Bay does have Mike Evans. So? He's I'm, a, I'm just saying they have Mike Evans. That's Mike, all. Evans I'm just saying they have Mike Evans. Antonio Brown is nothing like Mike Evans. I think they would fit very well i'm not saying they wouldn't i'm just saying they do have a lot of money already in mike evans i'm i'm just pointing out that fact because if he wants more money it's going to be tough for them to say oh yeah let's pay when i already brought up mike evans making 18 19 million years and i could be paying two receivers up towards of almost 20 million a year that just doesn't make sense i think as a short you have bruce arians as your head coach and you pretty much um you're betting on winston to change you know changing the sauce season not that we i believe in him or anything like that you don't have to go on that but i'm not gonna go on I think he would be a fun addition short term if you're betting on not a rebuild, but just fixing that defense and providing Winston uh, more receivers. I think if they go out and let's say sign Levon Bell and and getting Antonio Brown, they probably would turn that offense around. Um, really, in the end, they're losing games in the last season because of their defense. They had a terrible defense, so I don't know. So my, uh, uh, let me it would get, remind me of kind of hold on. Would remind me kind of without Patrick Mahomes, but that type of offense. Um, you know, a high scoring team with a terrible defense. Go ahead. So let me clarify. So you just said right now that Bucks should trade for Antonio Brown and then also sign Le'Veon Bell. Why not? Win now. And then you're paying Mike Evans all. That. So basically, yeah. you'd, you'd have twenty plus million because Le'Veon Bell is going to get twenty twenty five million a year. Why does it matter? They said so, I 20, thought. You, 20, so, but I thought you said the Cowboys. Are you gonna let me finish? Hold on. Go for it. Jeez, like I'm just trying to get in my fucking point. Can okay, I get in my but point? But I was please? gonna put, point your point from the Cowboys that they. So what? They could push the money li- and, further and, down. And I'm not talking about that's fine. But if we're gonna go into that discussion, the Buccaneers are not nearly where the Cowboys are. They at least have a franchise quarterback, a franchise running back, a defense that's way better. The Cowboys situation would be going all in because they can. The Bucks don't even know if Jameis Winston's gonna be the quarterback. 
You're going to pay Mike Evans and Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell more than you're paying Jameis Winston and possibly your future franchise quarterback before you even get that in there. That just does not make sense to me. If they want to be desperate and they want to do that and then Bears Arians is fired in two years, go for it. I just don't think that that makes any sense whatsoever. I don't think Bruce Arians is going to be the coach in three years. So I think, and that's not that he's getting fired. I think he retires in three years. He's, I think they go all in and try to win now. I mean, hey, if the Bucks want to do that, then we can all laugh at them in two years. I don't. That, that would not work out very well. For you don't. Them at all. I thought you loved Bell, and I thought you loved Le'Veon Antonio Bell. Brown. Le'Veon Bell is great, but that offense isn't their problem. The defense is their problem. I mean, you can say that with with the. They're Chiefs. not going to put 40, 50 points up every game, and even if they do, the other team's probably putting up sixty. That they, defense is garbage. They put a lot of points up this past season, and they didn't have. I I am a hundred percent telling you right now if the Bucks trade for Antonio Brown, it will be the worst mistake they make. Especially if they sign Le'Veon Bell on top of that. I'm That's my point and that's my opinion on that matter. And I'm leaving it at that. I just think um, it wouldn't surprise me. I'm not saying it's a great idea. I say it wouldn't surprise me if they did that. I'm not saying it would surprise me, but anyone that thinks that's going to take that and turn that into, oh, they're trying to go for it. What point does that say they're going for it? That's just trying to throw a bunch of money at people and hope something fucking sticks. Because Jameis Winston isn't your fucking franchise quarterback. You don't have a running back right now. Mike Evans is probably your best player on offense. I mean, it just makes... I think they should be more focused on trying to draft a Kyler Murray or a Dwayne Haskins in this year's draft. Get him behind Jameis Winston. If Jameis Winston peters out halfway through the year, you throw Haskins in there and you see what you got. That makes a lot more sense than giving Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown a bunch of money and still not having the quarterback situation figured out. I will say, I think... I think that building the defense is going to be as hard as they think. I think, really, in this new age NFL, it really doesn't matter what you have on defense. I think as long as you have the firepower on offense, you can go pretty far. Um, I think they can potentially fix that defense. Because, look, the, the big problem wasn't their front. I think the back problem was their back. Um, their their corners and their safeties were, were the big issue. Um, now they're changing their defense completely to a 3-4 from a Tampa 2 that they've been running for I don't know how long. 20 years now um so you know it does make sense because they're probably gonna have to get rid of jpp and they cut vinnie curry um i know they just drafted uh, i forgot his name but he was a defensive tackle last season he didn't really play that much so we'll see uh Quan alexander is also a free agent um yeah like i said it sounds like the bucks have a lot more to worry about than trading i don't think so like i said i think i think if you look at these teams in the past if you're gonna throw big money at a free agent they should be trying to throw big money at like earl thomas or someone that can make that defense better just saying end of the day though they they drop they have a head coach who who's pretty old he's a you know you gotta kind of kind of push the subject try to win now i think you go out and Make a splash and see how it sticks. Uh, at the end of the day, he's not going to be there that long, and they can fire everybody and reset. But, so. but, here, but here, they can fire everyone and reset, but then they're probably going to be looking at three to four years of trying to fucking rebuild after Arians leaves after three years with a team that's going to be a fucking mess. Yeah, but if you kind of get it together, you can really turn that around. That's a lot of ifs, Mike. I'm just, I'm just saying the Tampa Bay Buccaneers I think your big not Your big question that. was that they, they don't have any money. I mean, they have 15 mil, and they can make they create space. They have some players that could potentially cut JPP and and Deshaun Jackson, or they can make it work. So, like I said, I'm just saying, if you put a list of teams that right now should be going for it, the Buccaneers are damn near last on that list. Well, well then I don't you care. Think, Bruce Arians is your coach for three years. So, as a Bruce, you're fucked, you're fucked. I think if you have Bruce Arians as your head, why hire Bruce Arians as your head coach if you're going to completely rebuild? Because they want to get people in the fucking stadium. They want to act. They want to prove their fan base that they're trying. But is anybody well, actually can, like? Just listen to from this aspect. Arians is there for three years. 
in three years, regardless of what they do in three years, they're probably not going to be a playoff team in three years. So if they're not going to be a playoff team, why don't you focus on rebuilding, regardless of who the fuck your head coach is, get the players in there that you need to get in there so that you can actually compete after Arians leaves and not Arians leaves and you're stuck with all these then players I that hopefully fit his system. Then I wouldn't have hired Arians if they're going that. And that's what I, and that goes back to my point, the fucking time by Buccaneers should have never did. hired Bruce Arians. Then they, should, they did and they got to they gotta sit in the bucket and... Yeah, and, and, and that's all I'm saying. They're going to sit in the bucket and lay with it because I'll tell you right now, the Bucks are probably not going to do much in those three years that Arians is there. I bet you they, they go 8-8 eight eight this coming season. Oh, 8-8 eight eight isn't making the playoffs. They're never going to make the playoffs and that's been my entire mm-hmm. point. 8-8's eight eight cool, but 8-8's eight eight still missing the playoffs. Yeah. If we want to go there, the Cowboys were 8-8 eight eight for all these years, and I keep saying, oh, they went 8-8 eight eight over runner, and he was like, well, they're still missing the playoffs. They're still missing the playoffs, so where are they going? And the end of the day, like I said, they can't rebuild right now. And they're taking this one chance of Jameis on his fifth-year contract, paying him 20 mil this season. So Unless Jameis Winston is otherworldly and balls out, this team It's is, not that he's been terrible, though. Be- Jameis Winston has been terrible. But that's my that's my thing with him is the fact that he has all these off-field issues and he has has had injury problems in the past. So if that's all fine and well, then why do they think he's the franchise quarterback? If the guy I if think- the guy has all these issues off the field and continue, like he literally just got accused and not it's not just accused, it's actually a fact that he basically don't go sexually which McCall it a woman. <laughs> In a freaking yeah, Uber, yeah. like who, is that who you want as your franchise quarterback? At that point, to like, be honest, why would they, you? They, they should have cut. They should have cut him right point, away. Yeah. So my point is that they're still on the Shane Winston thing. The Buccaneers don't know what the fuck they're doing because if you think Jameis Winston is still has a chance to be your franchise quarterback, you're already going the wrong direction. So I mean, like I said, the Buccaneers can have Bruce Arians for three years, and if they if that gets asses in seats and makes some money, then that's all they care about. Then that's cool. But if they actually want to win. They should be looking to draft a quarterback in the early first round of this year's draft or in the late second and get a quarterback behind Jameis Winston that actually has a chance to win a job. In They'll maybe probably a year draft us a quarterback in the second would be my guess. And that's fine. If they do that, then that makes all the sense. But I'm saying they should not be taking a quarterback that's like a six-round guy. If they take a six-round guy in the sixth round, then they're going the entirely wrong way because there's plenty of guys in those first two rounds that could be a quarterback starting in this league within the next year or two. On the top of quarterbacks, Kyler Murray um, looking to weigh in this week about 206. So that's a good spot for him. I think that puts him where Russell Wilson was coming into the NFL draft um, years back. What do you think about that? I mean, Kyler Murray, I mean, he's going to, he should, if he shows up to, the combine and does everything he should check every box for every team that's going to want him as a top 10 pick i mean yeah i dude, think the dude's got everything he's got the skill set he's got the mind and going back to Jameis winston he's got no off the field issues he's not gonna mess with an uber driver at fucking 12 a.m on a saturday and middle of the season so i mean i just think that kyler i've always thought kyler murray is the best quarterback in the shaft mike obviously thinks otherwise and i don't know this but the guy is I still, just I have very, a top very talented, pick. and I think he will end up being the best quarterback in this draft. I think just this draft in general is not the greatest. So, And it's not the greatest, but I, I still believe in any of the last three years drafts, he's probably a top five quarterback I still in think, any of those drafts. I think he needs to go to a specific system, I think. And that's another thing that I disagree with you, but continue. I think he would be that. excel in, with the Redskins, with, with Jay Gruden. Um, I think, look, at the end of the day, even Tom Brady's in a system. Um, so you really look at Joe Montana, you look at all quarterbacks, they, they need to be in a specific system for them to succeed. Then you get a quarterback who you draft a quarterback who's in the wrong system. Like I think Rosen's in the wrong system. I think the Cardinals should be looking at, at Murray at one. I think Murray fits very well 
in that system. But like I said, he doesn't fit with Tampa Bay because he doesn't fit in uh, air raid kind of down the field, you know, system. And I've, so. said, I've said this plenty of times. At the end of the day, you draft a franchise quarterback and you build a team around him. The Cowboys finally had to do that. They built a team around Dak. You build around the guy you want. And if they want Kyler Murray, the Bucks do, then they'll build around him. But I, I, like I said, I don't know that they'll want to do that. And like I said, that's a Bucks problem. But Kyler Murray's probably going to dodge a huge bullet if he doesn't get drafted by the Bucks. Because I, w- I wouldn't want to be on that dumpster fire of a franchise going forward. He's probably going to, what I'm going to guess, and I'm still going to guess this, is that he goes potentially 7-8 to a team that trades up for him. And I still think the Redskins are his best bet to be successful. I think the Jaguars would be a perfect fit for him. Yeah, he has I, a running back. I he's would, got a defense. Yeah, I think the Jags got to go in good, there and play. Jags would be a good place for him as well. But I just don't think. I think they draft. They sign Nick Foles. See, uh, I see. See, that's a com- that's a completely another topic. I don't know that you should sign Nick Foles. Who don't get me wrong, has proved with the Eagles that he can do well. But every other team he's signed with as a free agent, the Rams, the Cowboys, all these other teams, he hasn't done anything with. I'm not, so maybe it I was agree. the Eagles that made him good. I just don't know that you throw a shit ton of money at him when you can get Kyler Murray on a rookie deal, who's probably in the end going to be better as an NFL quarterback than Nick Foles. Is. I agree. I, don't, I wouldn't sign Nick Foles because he's really, and even with the Eagles, besides the playoffs. But hey, signing and, Nick Foles, sorry to interrupt you one second, but signing Nick Foles would fit the Jags MO, signing a court, well, over no, a quarterback their, to big money. Uh, what's his name? He was the OC for the Vikings and previously with the Eagles. He was the OC. Um, so they have that kind of, he worked with Nick Foles on, he was the OC while, um, while the, while they went to the Super Bowl. Um, so actually no, he wasn't the OC, he was the quarterback coach. My bad. Frank, uh, the Colts head coach was the OC. But anyways, um, I think, yeah, I don't like Foles as the long-term answer. Um, he's a stopgap. If, if you look at potentially drafting a quarterback, then sure. I just don't think the Jags are going to do that. I think they're kind of in the win-now mode. Um, they have their defense talent now. Um, I think they're going to try to compete now. So does it make sense? Probably not, especially with these quarterbacks currently um, on rookie deals. Like, let's say, um, you know, Goff or Dak or um, Carson Wentz, Patrick Mahomes. They're on rookie deals where they're able to pay players in other positions. I just... I just don't know if they're able... We'll see. We'll see what happens. The first thing they need to do is get out of that Blake Bortles contract. They might have to actually provide a pick to a team to get to take it. But anyways, we're going to leave it at that. Um, we'll be back tomorrow on Amateur Fanboy Podcast. Yes, sir. Um, as always, if you guys want a question or have a topic you think we should cover, uh, DM us or message us or, or quote tweet us at AmateurFanPod on Twitter. At Amateur Fan Pod on Instagram, and then you can also send emails to at Amateur Fan Pod at gmail.com. Uh, you can message me at Chase Aguirre on Twitter. Um, I'm also at Chase Aguirre on Instagram if you guys you know, want to DM me or something and we can get a topic on, or Mike at Ortaza Blue. So, uh, yeah, we'll get your guys' questions on and we'll uh, do our best to discuss it in a, in a easy fashion. And question for you, Chase, before we leave. Last year, Lamar just Jackson decided not to run the 40 at the combine. Could Kyle Murray decline height, weight measurements this year?
Or should he? I think it would be retarded for him to do that. I think that just shows he's soft, and I think he won't. No, but I, that's I, a question that Peter Schrager just asked on Twitter. Yeah, I, I think without a doubt he'll do all that. I, I think without a doubt he'll do everything at the Combine. I mean, he should want to do everything at the Combine to let teams know he's legit. Especially run the 40 where you're probably going to excel on. Things you excel you should probably do at the Combine. I think he ends up, and this that we're going to end the topic here, but in the 4-3 somewhere. Yeah, no, without a doubt. I agree. All right. Have a good day. Bye.